here's what I like about me. I love that I can enjoy a great cocktail and I equally enjoy the worst garbage beverages on the planet. That's a great segue into how you have boundaries for friends. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, because here's- Some here's friends the, are a white claw. Yes. Some friends are a craft cocktail. I uh, I used to have a stand-up bit directly about this, and I can't remember exactly how it went, but I compared people to, uh, what were those vodka drinks that we used to drink in college that were like, it came in a bottle, not Mike's Hard Lemonade. The ones that were mixed with like energy Smirnoff drinks? Smirnoff Ice. Oh, yeah. I would like compare people oh, to yeah, Smirnoff nice, Ice. Yeah. yeah, what you're craving is a really, really delicious whiskey with a full body. <laughs> But those aren't for everybody. But Smirnoff Ices, those are for everybody. Oh, my God. But you yeah. spend all night with them, and you feel like garbage the next morning. Ugh. Yeah, that is a great analogy. <laughs> Especially, I feel like, as as I don't know about you ladies, but as a guy's age, I feel like we have that high school-level friend. Mm. Then you go to college, which is essentially just an amplified high school friend. Yeah, now. Yeah. Well, maybe for our colleges. I think some colleges feel a bit different, but... Yeah, I didn't go to, like, some upscale college with people who had, like, specific visions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Christian college for the win there. But it is interesting. Me and Dan have been friends for many years, and we've had friends that we've been really close to for a season, and then over time, we just kind of go, hey, Dan, looks like me and you are going a little different direction than you know so and so old so and so over here we uh, just we just seem to keep you know what it is is i think that you and i in our friendship it's not always that we're moving in exactly the same direction mm-hmm. or at, even at the same pace right but we we do both really really want to keep moving forward in our personal lives yes so uh, to that point what what would you say is like a prerequisite for someone who's going to be a true friend man this is this is this is hard for me because of a lot of the things we talked about in the first episode, which mm-hmm. everybody should go back and listen to. But because so many of my friendships just sort of like came to me, I feel like a lot of the practice I had to cultivate was in like kind of being a little picky. Mm. Um, and that sounds that sounds shittier than I mean it to. But I... I was really bad for a long time at being able to tell what was a real friend and what wasn't. And honestly, I think I let a lot of real friends fall by the wayside. I think huh. that I I think that I let some people who could have been really deep friends just slip away because they weren't quite as flashy. They weren't quite as yeah. They weren't quite as eye-catching, not even in a physical way. Some of them were very beautiful. But uh I just um you know, whether it was popularity or on stage pizzazz or the fact that you know when i left the stand-up world um kind of for the sake of my own mental health mm-hmm. um there's a couple of those stand-up friends that i wish i had actually been like hey i'm not going to be doing much stand-up but i would really like to stay friends yeah but i was insecure about the fact that i wasn't doing stand-up anymore so i just disappeared and i just stopped calling well, and also to our, to what we talked about in the last episode, it's awkward to just tell someone you want to be friends mm-hmm. when you're not going to cross paths in a natural way. Yeah. You know? So I'm sorry. I went a long way around to answer your question. <laughs> Prerequisite so, for friendship. Yep, apologies. <laughs> I think my, at this point in my life, subject to change as I grow and get smarter, hopefully, I think my current prerequisite for a, for a long time, lifelong friendship or long lasting friendship I appreciate people who have a really deep um, self-awareness and 
that doesn't necessarily mean like not taking themselves too seriously, but being able to be like, oh yeah, that's, I fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I do that. That's, that's not great. I'm yeah. working on it. I really, really value people who are just, you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on, I'm honest with myself about myself and I'm just going to keep trying to, to just keep growing and learning and maturing. Self-awareness, I think, is big for me. Yeah, that's a good word, man. Um, what would then be the deal breaker for friendship? If that's the prerequisite, what's the flip side? I mean, honestly, uh, people taking themselves too seriously is really difficult for me. Like people who... What do you mean by that? Because I feel like that's a phrase people say yeah. all the time. Like, don't take yourself so seriously. I think for me, you got to be able to laugh at yourself. You, uh-huh. you got to be, and you've got to be able to laugh at, you know, the things that you're maybe still working through. Like for me, I won't talk about anybody else. For me, I've got a real, um, oh, what's the phrase? I could just be so self-involved. Mm-hmm. I can just forget that other people have lives and have things they're dealing with. And they're not thinking about me. Yeah. They're not giving me any thought. If they're not answering my text, it could be a billion things. Not one of them is me. Yeah. I can be crazy self-involved. I think a great way to try to grow through that is to be able to laugh at yourself about it. And even and in terms of like not things that are character defects, but things that I do, do really love and want to work at like my creativity i take my creative work seriously but i don't really take myself super seriously as like i am an artist that's a tough mix i am doing i i am doing work that i intend to change the world i'm like man i just hope it lands with someone yeah like i i wanted to you know help it help someone that's a tough line to ride because I know if I'm working hard on a project, I'm taking it seriously because it's a reflection of me. Mm. I remember I did like one video once and, and I mispronounced a word. I said like boutique. I said like boutique or nice. something like that. I just nice. fucked it up. It's on camera. You know <laughs> what I mean? But like all my friend texted me after seeing the video was B-O-W dash T. <laughs> like boutique. <laughs> that's all he, all he texted me. And I was just like, fuck. Like I think that's funny, but I'm that makes me mad. That makes me mad that that's the first thing, mm. you know? See, and I think As like, opposed to being like, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't mean he didn't like it. He's just ribbing me. It's like, no, it's also, totally. Yeah. And of course, like something like that, like nobody watches that and is like, man, I always knew Colton was a fucking moron. <laughs> like, that's what I, it feels like, like when you're on the other side of it. Though, nobody like, yeah. thinks that. Yep. Honestly, I feel like I've definitely had those moments where I say something and it just comes out of my face sideways. And it and the best thing to, that I know to do is just be like, well, that's how I'm saying it yeah. now. Yeah. That's, guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. I love Tom Segura because he'll always, whenever someone fucks up something like that, he'll be like, nailed it. Nice. <laughs> but in like the most monotone. <laughs> and well, just how, move on. How about you? Because you're, I think something I've always really appreciated about you in life and in friendships and in your relationship with your now wife, lots of intentionality. You're yeah. a very intentional dude. So what is, what is that prerequisite for friendship and what is that deal breaker for you? And, and also how early do you feel like you can see it? Cause I feel like it takes <laughs> me a minute. I feel like it's pretty immediate. Um, I, I am a judgmental person. 
by nature. I think there's pros and cons to that because it's not condemnation, mm. but it is like a rapid evaluation mm. of where is this person at based on what they just did. I think if most people are honest, you make rapid judgments about people and the way they behave right away. I mean, yeah. some people walk into a party, they're loud, they got a six pack, they're already hammered before they got to the party and you're like, wow, kind of a mess. Like mm. kind of, it, and maybe they have a one-off, they have a bad night, but when you see someone's patterns, I feel like I'm pretty quick to pick up a pattern if someone does something two or three times yeah. for the good and for the bad. Yeah, like, don't, don't judge a book by its cover, but you can decide not to read it. But you can judge an author by their collection. Yeah, okay. And so to me, I'm like, if someone's written seven or eight books of a certain quality, you're like, that's how they are as a writer. Mm. And I think that's fair. And if people... Will, I know we all want to be nice in today's society and all that. And it's great to be kind, but niceness, I think whitewashes your perception. Mm. You don't have, it's not bad to have a critical read on what someone did because by nature, you're going to make good or bad decisions based on what you perceive to be healthy or unhealthy for yourself. Mm -hmm. So to, all you're doing is turning that observation and looking at someone else. So for me, I make pretty quick evaluations on the pattern of someone's life. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, uh, are they doing something excellent regularly and do they handle the affirmation well? That Stuff like that to me is important. So I want to look at the progression of someone's life as a whole. And that to me is a prerequisite for friendship to be like, you are going somewhere I think is beautiful and you do hard work. Hmm. And I want that in my life because I know there's tons of people just have comfortable lives. You know, it's not the worst thing to, you know, you're not hurting anybody. You're just sitting in a rocking chair all day going to work and then playing video games and that's your life. You know, it's kind of my brother. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is what it is, but I, I just, I have a certain desire to not be lazy and to get better every year. I want to be a better person. I want to be softer. I want to be wiser. Mm -hmm. I want to be more financially stable. And so if I like to look at people's lives and be like, they're doing that, they're working through that. Let me ask about that phrase. Like I want to, I want to see that. I think you said something to the, not a direct quote. I want to see that they're like doing something with excellence. Yeah. So I guess what I'm curious about that is what does that mean for you? Because could somebody be throwing their whole heart into something they really care about and they're just not excellent at it yet? Yeah. Well, I guess excellence to me is like you, whatever your peak potential is in that given moment. Their it's, version. Yeah. Of their version of peak performance mm -hmm. because you know, being an excellent high school baseball player does not mean you're an excellent baseball player. Mm -hmm. You are still young and you got years of growth ahead of you. And so I just like seeing someone in the moment. And I'm like, I actually think they're doing like the best with what they have right now. And one of the first things that attracted me to my wife was she was very excellent in my opinion, as far as like the opportunities she had to speak and perform. And she's like speaking in New Zealand and all around the world and has a platform and people love her. And she's got a strong voice. She's a woman in leadership. I'm like, I know how hard it is to break through the mold as a woman, especially in like male dominated cultures, both mm -hmm. in the workplace and in church where we went. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that to me is excellence. Mm -hmm. You know, does she have years of growth ahead of her as far as how much better she'll be at, you know, spoken word? And yeah, of course. But in the moment I met her, I was like, I think this girl's doing work that a lot of people our age are not doing. Mm -hmm. She had a self-awareness to her. The first thing she did it like a Guard the, the company I was working for contracted her to do some work. So then I was like, great, I get to work side by side with this woman I'm attracted to. This is going to be fun. Nice. And so I, I was analyzing everything she did and said, you know, obviously I was not on her radar <laughs> at all. So sure. I think she was nice just behaving. Nice and safe. Yeah, she was just <laughs> behaving how she wanted to behave. She didn't yeah. like dial up anything to impress anybody, you know, because I was just not her type. And so I feel like I got to see this really raw nature of her giving honest answers about working through. I think the first thing she said is I'm just working to be less narcissistic. Like mm. kind of the thing you just said about like, I just don't want to be so self-involved. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, she's saying this as a 27 year old who is basically just helping out a nonprofit. She didn't need to come help out the company I was working for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just a favor. And I was like, how cool is that? Yeah. This girl's hustling multiple careers. And she said yes, because she believes in the guy who was running the company at the time, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, that to me is something I would like. I would like to be this kind of person. And that to me is kind of a benchmark for any relationship. Um, Cause I'll hang out and be homies with people, go get drinks with people that I don't necessarily think have like the highest character, or maybe they're just settled in their life. They're just kind of like comfortable mm-hmm. and their aim is to be comfortable for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, those people can be fun, but they can be really generous and kind, sweet people. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm going to do intentional life with you, I'm like, that's kind of a deal breaker. It's like, is your comfort more important to you than growth? Cause I can't do that. Even if you're a nice, generous person. Let's let's break that down in the context of um, friendship, and we can get even more specific for like male and male friendship. Yeah, um, because I feel like uh, maybe I, this might be a little biased, but I feel like women in some ways can be a little bit more natural at friendship in a way that men have a hard time being. Yeah. So when you're talking about being intentional uh, in friendship, I'm gonna do intentional life with you. Right. What does that look like with a male friendship? To me, that, that means like you get the priority of my time and you are going to be someone I call first when shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I need you to be capable of handling shit, yeah. you know? Um, I, I don't have like a big pool of energy in general in life. Mm-hmm. So I get tapped out pretty quick from mm-hmm. stuff. So I know like I can probably only give the whole of myself to like two or three people. Right. Um, and I, so then I kind of expect that back. Um, uh, from the people I'm pouring into. Mm-hmm. I think that's a mutual relationship. I think that's kind of fair. Um, otherwise you get into these weird codependent relationships where you're always giving, 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 or one person's always taking, taking, taking. Yeah. So I, I like to me an intentional friendship is just like, Hey man, I'm getting to know you and I'm, I'm helping you work through things. You're helping me process things. And we know that if any of us is going to take a risk, you're going to be there to support. If anybody's like on the fence with a decision, you're going to be there to verbally process. And if I'm doing something stupid, you damn well better call me out like as best you know how, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that to me is what it's all about is, is helping people live their best lives. Not to be all Joel Osteen about it, but I, I kind of think that's what intentional friendship is. You're like, Hey guys, let's all make our lives better together. Mm-hmm. You know, rising tide, what rises all boats or whatever that phrase is. is like, yeah. I, I think intentional friendship means if your life gets better then mine gets better. Mm-hmm. So I can root for you. You root for me. We're on the same team. Uh, so yeah, there's like some inherent self-interest in it, which I think is a healthy thing to do. You I know? think I also think that it's it's just unavoidable as human beings. I yeah. think that like the, there's almost no point in trying to completely negate self-interest or just I think also some version of self-care. Like having yeah. boundaries is a version of self-care. Right. Having healthy boundaries and knowing where your boundaries are and where your friends' boundaries are, that's taking care of yourself, and that's that's allowed. How big of a difference do you think you could have with a friend and still remain friends? Like what's the scale, like in the most specific terms, do you think you would have to, to have a hard line? Like, Hey man, I can have a friend who's sleeping with another chick every night, mm-hmm. but I can't have a friend who, I don't know, worships the devil. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I could have you- a friend who worship the devil. <laughs> um, I, I think that's a great question. <sighs> I think probably the hardest thing for me to deal with in people is a um, a lack of empathy. I think mm. that I really, really value 
the ability to hold empathy for people, including empathy for people that you may not know or understand. This causes me a lot of personal conflict in like just the state that our nation is in right now because I can feel a lot of empathy for a lot of people on kind of the wide range of the spectrum. Yeah. So I have, you know, I can be accused by people on either side of <laughs> like, how would you be friends with that person? Yeah. Um, so I'm fairly like, I'm fairly politically progressive. Um, but I have friends who I have fundamental disagreements about politics. I have friends who supported Trump. And there are people that I would still say, like, yeah, I, I care about that person. Yeah. I, I, I don't hate that person. I don't think that person is evil. I question why they support this or that. And I would, I would challenge them on it. But I don't think that they are, like, fundamentally lost in yeah. some way because of that disagreement. I think that where the breaking point for me would be is if I just saw like a fundamental lack of care um, for the suffering of others. That would be really, really hard for me. If there was yeah. just some callousness to like, yeah, like the, yeah, whatever. That's not my problem. I think that sense of like, that's not my problem. That's not my responsibility. I don't, I don't care. That's probably where it would break down. Do you have a different line for friends versus family on that? Because I know a lot of people are like, well, they're family. So they're like this crazy Trump supporter, but I still hang out and talk to them every day. I think I'm a little bit of a weird case with that just because my family so often to me just feels like me, my mom, and my dad because of the way that I was raised being so distant from a lot of my family. Mm -hmm. But um, I have some family that I'm like, okay, they're family, love to them, but I don't, I'm going to be kind of dodgy about getting into any like long protracted conversations with them. Yeah. Or if I'd like, you know, if I see them at a family wedding, I'm going to keep the convo pretty light I'm yeah like keep it as keep it as shallow as possible and just be like there's no point in getting into it right um you know i'm sure there are some people who would be like no you should like get into it you should challenge them on right. that like whatever the evil thing is they believe maybe that's a fault on my part but well, i mean that's why i hold more value for actual friendships and family and i know i'm weird on that but i look at like my marriage is just a even though my wife is considered family she's just a friend Mm. she's just a friend we're not blood related mm -hmm. so she's just a really high level friend mm -hmm. um society's put we just put weird terms on things that make no sense and yeah. all of a sudden your fan your wife is your family it's like no dude it's like she's she's my best friend yeah that i have i have committed everything all my finances my future my like kids housing everything on that friendship yeah and i think there's this weird i think it permeates more of the southern country maybe than like you know the, oh, the blood coast. is thicker than water. Yeah, that kind of idea of like, hey, this is a family line. No matter what, no matter what you disagree on or agree with, you just stick together. Yeah. And I'm like, I would have a lot easier time walking away from, and I have. I mean, my I have certain family I just don't talk to. Like, I have a brother that I just never see. Yeah. And But I can't imagine doing that with my friends. Yeah, no, I'm going to have, like, for me, you know, if a family member is you know just being openly racist i'm gonna be like that's unacceptable yeah like, that's it yeah we might be related as a point of fact right but i want nothing to do with you yeah yeah with a friend i feel like there's more an element of choice right there's more an element of like i might have to be like dude you are being openly racist like right. do you not realize do you not realize that and if they're like no 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 i realize it then i'm like well then i guess <laughs> we're not friends anymore 
Yeah. Because that's a choice. The family thing is just like, you know, it's on paper. I get, yeah, you can't avoid it. But I, I've had this debate with a lot of people about like, especially it always comes down to boundaries. But yeah. this, just this, you know, the idea of like family is everything is I just find that to be untrue unless you're going to put that family label on non-blood related people, mm-hmm. which is what adoption is, which is what marriage is. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I would agree with that. I'm like, all right, if we're just going to like put an asterisk next to family and say not blood relatives, mm-hmm. then I would agree that family is everything. Um, but I think friendship is like the pinnacle of relationship because it is a choice. Yeah. Every day it's a choice to hang out, choice to be in each other's lives. And when you hit conflict, it's the, it's way harder. Mm-hmm. It's way harder to deal with conflict with a friend because it's not a marriage where you're like living together or you're sharing finances or you have kids. Like if me and you have a big blow up, it's as easy as I just don't call you again. Yeah. I mean, if we're not roommates, it's over. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's kind of a, an important component of friendships. And for me, it's like a true stamp of, are we friends yet? Of like, have we had a big fight? Mm-hmm. I honestly don't feel as close to people until we have a big fight. That's really and interesting. And we push through it. You yeah. Know? Do you have a specific line that's like, that's the boundary. That's the boundary for friendship. Once it like reaches that, that's, what, I think what it's, is that? It's self-destruction. It's uh, someone who is comfortable with self destruction who's just like oh you're okay just going down in flames so let me ask you this because because i you've known me for a while and i have a pretty self-destructive streak so what has enabled us to maintain a strong friendship i guess i never bought it (laughs) (laughs) okay i was like this is like you like to just i'm like acting out i'm acting to me it's like someone talking about moving to hawaii when i'm like yeah yeah sure 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 sure." yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) sounds very good yeah sounds nice i'd all believe it when i see it kind of thing uh because i was like you have too much you want to do and i i mean i get hard seasons of life i've been there i still go there um I don't know. I just was, there's some people, I don't know, man. There's, you know, there's some people who they don't ever even say I'm kind of fucking done trying. Mm. They just start acting like they're done trying. Yeah. And that's scarier to me versus the person who's just kind of maybe like you, who's like, you know, we're right at a bar and you just kind of go, we call it the Danward spiral. You know? Oh like yeah. The Danward oh, yeah, spiral. Yeah. Here it is. We're going to have to like buckle down, let, yeah. wait for it to pass. We're, we'll in, come a, out of we're this. in a spin, but we'll get the next hangout. We'll be fine. This yeah. is just a yeah. weird Thursday night. Um, and there's just, but I've had other guy friends where I'm just like, wow, they, they keep telling me stories about their self-destruction. Mm-hmm. Essentially they're telling me where they want to go mm-hmm. and it's not a bad night and it's not a rough relationship. We've all had bad relationships or, you know, unhealthy choices or whatever. Uh, but it's that pattern, you know, where you're just like, you're, getting more and more comfortable with this self-destructive pattern, you know, and you're like, okay with it. You're mm-hmm. almost, we're counting it with like a bravado, like, right. Fuck it. Right. You yeah. Know, we're, we're only going to be young for so long. And it's like, you're 35. Like, yeah. You're not young anymore. You yeah. know? Uh, so I think that's the deal breaker for me because I'll, I'll tolerate a lot of people, even abrasive personalities. If I feel like they have some aspect of like self-respect and hope because mm-hmm. I struggle enough with cynicism and, a lack of hope and wanting to give up. So I can't, I just can't allow, it's like being an addict, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, I cannot be around someone who has no hope for themselves. Well, I think with that, with, I mean, with the, with the addict conversation, the reason relationships with an addict can be so difficult is that sometimes the most loving thing you can do is be like, here is the boundary. Yeah. Like you, you keep crossing it. Mm-hmm. 
that's sometimes the most loving thing you can do because an addict's got to learn. Yeah. You know, and I've had, you know, um, maybe not with substance abuse, but I have certainly caught myself in seasons of like, oh, I'm like being addicted to my feelings. I'm like Mm -hmm. experiencing something that is akin to an addiction to the downward spiral or just to the emotions. And to the point that it is affecting my outward life. It's affecting my work. It's affecting my friendships. And if I, I have had friends, you've had to be that friend where you're just like, man, I, I just like can't, I can't like go there with you right now. Yeah. And I think without running into those walls, sometimes you don't realize like, oh, this is, I may be going a little too far. I may be taking this a little bit too far. I may be yeah. being a little bit too self-absorbed. I need to remind myself that people have lives. They have their things. Yeah. And mutual respect, friendship, and love is about, hey, you mind helping hold me and I'm going to help hold you. And I got to have the Dude, capacity to I, do that. I think that is the ultimate word on it, on healthy versus unhealthy is like that it's mutual. It's, mm-hmm. it's someone who can carry the load for you in that season. Cause I remember like you've had rougher seasons, but I remember right before I hit my worst season of life, which mm-hmm. we're going to cover in a couple episodes, mm-hmm. uh, you were, I feel like healthier than I'd ever seen you, mm-hmm. um, pre pandemic and all that shit that fucked all of us up a little yeah. bit, but yeah. you were like, I mean, I think you had even finished therapy, but you had taken a bunch of it and you were getting fit and you were like tightening up your career and you were getting in this healthy relationship that you're still in. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I then hit this wall of like a ton of chaos in my life. And I remember it was just kind of this beautiful, like the timing just worked out so well. And it was kind of the potential I always saw. Mm -hmm. I was like, this he's, I'm, we're me. We both met each other at a season where we were in terrible relationships, Mm -hmm. lost spiritually, leaving a church, didn't know what was next. Yeah. Um, Very 24, 25. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So we, we've had those seasons where we're like in the shit together. And then one of us is a little better, better off than the other emotionally. Yeah. And so it was cool to see you were ramping up and I remember there was, a, there was a day where you just came over, we watched Westworld and had old fashions. And both yeah. me and Danielle, when you left, were like, he just seems good. Yeah. And it wasn't, we didn't have any profound conversation. Mm-hmm. You just felt, you can just tell someone's available. Aura. Yeah. You're just like, he's just kind of here. And then we hung out for three hours and then he left and it was great. Mm-hmm. And that was happening at the season where I was going to need you like in, in the months to follow. Uh, and I'm like, I think it's, I don't think it's too hard if you take a serious look at your current relationships to go, Hey, will John be there for me? Mm -hmm. If like, let's say my, my husband dies Mm -hmm. or my, my dad, who I'm really close with dies. Are they the type of person who shows up, goes out of their way, books a plane ticket, cancels work, just is there, Mm -hmm. has their priorities in place. And I'm at the top of that, you know? And that's why I say you can only have two or three of those. Cause I mean, you have to earn that place in someone's life. And I think with you and I, that's, I always saw that as like, I'm pretty sure, you know, even in his rough states, if I called him and had a specific ask, he would do it. Yeah, hundred percent. And so I think that's. And I mean, like, even on the lighter side, you know, we, we like life can get pretty dark, but even on the lighter side, we have had those times where it's like, Hey man, I'm out with a group of people. I need a ride. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you me know, specifically, yeah. I need, <laughs> I could use a, I could use a buddy. That um, was honestly one of the, fir- <laughs> that's the first time I have ever done that. That's yeah. the first time I was like, Hey, I am with a group of bartenders and a, a girl that I should not be with. Like it is, what was it? Like one thirty in the morning on a Tuesday. Like, can you come get me in Hollywood? Yeah. And, I don't know why. And you were like, you're at a bar with bartenders. I'll be there in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get Thai food. Uh, And it was great, but it was, it was even subconsciously, 
I, I just, cause I'm obviously in a drunken stupor. Yeah. I still had enough wherewithal to be like, Dan's the guy I call right now. Yeah. You and know? also like, good for you going back to self-awareness in a drunken stupor. You were like, this is not going well. Like, yeah. This is I'm, a circle I've, I'm in a bad spot yeah. and I'm losing control of myself. Right. And I think that's, that's what the twenties are for. Yeah. Cause the twenties are for me, at least we're all about, let's experiment with these friend groups. Like I've been in a very sheltered life. I've been around predominantly Christian circles, very conservative. Mm -hmm. Everybody hides their kinks mm -hmm. and everything's on the down low. And we're all polite, pretty smiling faces whenever we go out. Yep. And now I'm in LA. I'm just around regular adults who went to USC or UCLA or they're actors and they're right. just folk, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I needed that. I still needed that because I feel like that makes my worldview more empathetic. And, but it also shows me like there's just some groups you don't need a lot of experience with. Like you don't need to touch the pan to know it's hot. Yeah. And some people never grow out of that. And I'm like, dude, you can see that coming a mile away. <laughs> I mean, not to get overly Joey cams about it, but that's hero's journey stuff. One oh one. Yeah. Like you got to venture out of the village you knew. Mm -hmm. And there's always those periods in the myth where, you know, the quote hero is encountering people he's never known, some good, some less good. And, yeah. and they're having to navigate like, what is, how do I do this? Those are the people I see keeping the longest unhealthy relationships are mm -hmm. people who have never ventured out of the nest. Mm. People who are born in, I mean, cause I'm here in LA. So it's, I just know a few people who are born and raised in LA. They got married to someone else who was born and raised in LA and all they do is hang out with other couples that were born and raised in LA. It's just a fairly small world. It's just small. And mm -hmm. I, but I just feel like that's a, those friendships are of convenience, mm -hmm. which is great. I think that's what like original villages were founded on was like, it's convenient. We're all part of the same tribe and there's a beauty and a necessity to that. But there's also a like, I just think you can kind of plateau a little bit. And yeah. I mean, you, you're going to lose a little bit of the spice of life and, not to be too preachy, but like what God has in store for you when you live in the bubble, have a village, don't have a bubble. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that it's a bit of an unfair comparison to like compare ourselves to those people who were living and currently are still living in, in a tribal dynamic and right. a village dynamic, because it's a little bit like the, the history of romance and, oh, uh, oh, that's the end of our time. Oh, That's the 30 minutes. Can I, can I wrap yes, up close, this thought? I think thoughts. that it's a little bit like the evolution of romance and marriage in that back in the day, your family arranged it. They happened to live close by. Your parents needed something from one another. Boom, boom, done. Mm -hmm. Like it's much more complicated now and you have much more choice. You have to have much more choice. Right. Communally, the tribe you were born into was the tribe you migrated with, you hunted with, you lived with, you were raised by. That was your tribe. And you, because it was small, those would have been incredibly intentional relationships right. by necessity. Now we don't have these natural tribes, these natural villages. So you do kind of have to go to the work of building your own. Right. And that's hard work. And you do kind of have to be smart about where you seek that out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I, I think that that takes, that takes wisdom. And I think it takes trial and error. I think you're allowed to get it wrong a little bit. Yeah. But you, you're going to get it wrong more than you get it right, I feel like. I think that what I like seeing in a person is the ability to learn like, oh, I got that wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. I think that's the stuff. Good stuff. Good word. That's a wrap on this second episode of season four of The Back View. We're going to hit another one. And another one. And another one. And then another one. <laughs> another one. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Yep, we'll see you on the next one.